Hey, how you doing, Christ community? Good? All right. This side of the room's happy to be here. You guys online, good. Like, we're working on you guys, so it'll be, it'll be good. Hey, a um, couple things. One is, you guys don't know this, but I actually have a countdown timer on the screens in front of me here to, like, rein me in, I guess. Um, and they started it when Trisha started talking. So um, we're gonna get a restart on that, which I'm celebrating. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I did wanna tell you though, so we, we pray, everybody's gonna be on stage, praise together before we come out here. And I just thought it was beautiful. One of the members of our worship team, just, they said, you know, the weather's beautiful, Lord, and you're beautiful too. And we're glad to be here. And um, like, that's the, that's, we got leading us in worship. And so it's totally true. So um, if I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden, one of the pastors here. Love being with you. Thanks for being here today. We're in this, this series that we're, we've called it Verified. And um, we are working our way through 2 Corinthians. And today we're gonna be in chapters eight and nine, a little bit. And um, the purpose of this series, like what's going on in this letter in 2 Corinthians, is the Apostle Paul is writing to the ancient church at Corinth. And he's talking about things that are true. Like not just, not just like here's propositional truth, but, but truth that has been like lived on and found to be firm, worth, like it, it, it holds weight. And so we're making our way through this letter slowly. And today we're gonna be talking about something that's a, it's a little bit different. To, to this point, we've been talking about like truth that's being spoken to us so that we could live our life on that. And it's, for me, it's really helpful, really encouraging. I'm really enjoying it. But our, this weekend, what we're talking about is truth that you and I get to, like that we get to speak verification over to other people. And so like, I think this is gonna be a really helpful, encouraging, and maybe even for some of us, a really fun time together. So, so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna talk to you about this truth and then we have a really practical, tangible, immediate way to put it into practice. That makes you a little nervous. You don't have to be super nervous about it. It's not anything weird or awkward for you, okay? So to get here, like to get to that point where, where we're talking about what that truth is and the practical way that we're gonna live it out, um, I, need to, I need to kind of walk us there. So if you'll hang with me for a little bit, I'll stay within the parameters of my time frame, and I'm not telling you guys how much is on the clock, so you can just, you can just wonder about how this is gonna go. So, so let me first tell you what, what kind of church we are. All right, so we have this vision statement. We wanna be generous people who, who honor Jesus, who love each other, and who serve our neighbors. And one of the main ways that the Bible talks about our ability to honor Jesus, one of the main ways that we honor Jesus is through generosity and particularly through giving. And so in these verses that we're talking about this weekend, this, this idea of generosity comes from the ancient church at Corinth was being an, offered an opportunity to participate in an offering that was going to be given to, to people who lived in an entirely different country. So people, who, people they'd never met, people they'd never seen, people they didn't know other than maybe by reputation. And what they knew was that these people were suffering and in need and they were being offered an opportunity to, to help. 
And, and so as, as this offer is made to them and it's made in such a way that there's expectance that they're gonna say yes and jump in and, and help, make to the end of the section that we're talking about, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 11 and 12, to people who are gonna help, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. And just reading that, you can see how God is honored in the giving of this one church to this other group of people who are in need because they know that when, when people from a long ways away who don't know me, who haven't seen me, who, like when, when they move generously to supply my needs, like that's gotta be God who's, who's stepping in, who sees me, hears me, knows me, that's God stepping in and he's taking care of me and it results in praise and honor and thanksgiving to God. And so that's, that's, this is an honoring Jesus kind of, kind of thing. So reading through these verses, there are a couple things that I notice about this. And the first one is this idea of generosity and giving. It, the verse talks about this service that you perform. And, and those words have, like, they're, they're very specific and they were chosen very carefully when the Apostle Paul wrote this. The idea of serving is, it's not just like general serving, it's really, it's tied to, like, minister, and the idea of spiritual service, this service, this spiritual service that you perform, and that's another word that is like thinking about the Old Testament and the priests and, and the sacrifices that they made and liturgy. And I just, I find it fascinating that as we talk about generosity and giving to meet the needs of other people, you've got words like this of these this is holy ground that we're walking on. This is, this is not just an appeal that runs across the bottom of a television screen. This is not just a, a commercial in the middle of a ball game or a show. This is holy ground that we're walking on, this, this idea that, that people like us could be part of what God is making known about himself, serving its ministry, it's serving other people. And so we wanna be the kind of people who honor Jesus and this giving to meet the needs of other people gives us that chance. So let me back up to the start of this section. So I just read to you kind of the end of this section about how this results in honor to the Lord. Let me, let me take you back to the beginning. So this is in 2 Corinthians chapter eight. Remember the Apostle Paul's writing to this ancient church and he's spent seven chapters talking to him about important things and he's continuing that but it shifts gears. He says, so now, Brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. So if you're curious to the Macedonian churches, you can read Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 17. They were started by the Apostle Paul, and when he was in town in those places, what met him as he was talking about Jesus and introducing people to Jesus, what met him was resistance, opposition, he was in prison, he was beaten, he was threatened to be stoned, and these people still came to faith in Jesus, and now they're living in that environment that is hostile and threatening towards Jesus. You and I don't have much of a framework for that, but that's, that's, what, they, that's what these churches were born into, that kind of environment. So I want you to know about the grace that God has given these Macedonian churches. So in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy, their extreme poverty, welled up in rich generosity. 
For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. They exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then by the will of God, also to us. And he goes on, so we urge Titus, just as he'd earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. And since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we've kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. And then I'm dropping down to verse nine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. So when we talk about generosity and, and giving and reading through this little opportunity to be involved in this, this ministry of giving to meet the needs of others, the word that is just recurring through those verses is the word grace. The Bible, when it talks about giving, particularly financial giving, the word that just gets written over it and through it and under it and around it is grace. There's just so much grace involved here. And I just noticed these four little sections and they all mean something just a little bit different. So we read through in verse one, he writes about this grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches. And he's speaking specifically about this God-given ability and desire to do something really well. I don't, I don't know if you realize this, but if you're a believer in Jesus, God has given you a grace gift. He's given you an ability and a desire to serve his people and to serve in his name. And so God has given this grace, this gift to these Macedonian churches so that they can make a spiritual difference through their giving. And I think it's really cool that he did this through these churches that were in extreme trial and deep poverty. Because this isn't, this, isn't this isn't about the rich people or the people who have more than enough or the people who somehow figured out how to get their bills paid and then they have a little extra. This is, this is just a gift that God has given to some people and it was expressing itself in these churches and I, again, it is about desire and about doing it. So I was thinking about that. I'm thinking, okay, so, so when Jesus walked the earth, the story of Jesus doesn't need a lot to do a lot, right? So the little boy who had the lunch, five little loaves of bread and two fish, it was his lunch. So it's a lunch to feed a eight, nine, 10, 11 year old kid. And he gave that to Jesus and Jesus fed 5,000 men and however many other people were there with them, with five loaves of fishes and five loaves of bread and two fish. He doesn't need a lot to do a lot. And I was thinking about too, there was a day that Jesus was sitting on hillside with his disciples and they were looking down into the temple and they were watching people come and bring their offerings. And there were these rich people and they were putting in all this money and they were making a big deal about it. And then there was this little widow lady and she, she put in, it's two copper coins. It's like a couple pennies. 
but it was all she had. And, and Jesus points, like of all the offerings given at church that day, Jesus points at her offering and says, that's the one. Like that's the one you guys need to notice that we need to pay attention to. That's the one that has the value to me. And so, so this grace that God gives to the Macedonian church, to people like you and me, this grace that God gives to us, this desire to participate, to give, it, it's not about, oh, I'm not one of the rich people, I can't give a lot. It's about, it's about a desire that he gives you to do it and an ability and a willingness to excel in that. And so this grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches, the next one's this act of grace, he says in verse six, this act of grace on your part. And he's, he's talking here about showing mercy and about showing kindness to other people and about doing something that's not required of you. But as a Christian person, it could be expected, but it's, it's, you're not being forced into it. You're given an opportunity to, to do something and, and even though you don't have to, you're bestowing grace upon somebody who is in need of grace. And so there's this act of grace that you get to do on your part. And then he talks about, in verse seven, he says this grace of giving, where he's talking not about that Macedonian church, but now he's talking about the church at Corinth that he's writing this letter to. And he, he's talking to them about this grace of giving, and he's talking now about this God-given desire and this ability, and this like he's pushing them a little bit of, you have this, and so it's time for you guys to excel. And I read that, and I'm thinking, well, if the Macedonian church has it, the Corinthian church has it, probably our church has it too. And like, that makes me excited to think about God giving to us a, a gift that, that urges us on in, in meeting the needs of other people in his name. And so this grace of giving, and then he finishes this little section up in verse nine that we read together, and he talks about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, which this is the source of all the other grace. This is, this is where it comes from, this is where it flows, it flows to us and it flows through us into the lives of the people who are around us. And so we have this beautiful expression of, of grace as it's connected to this act of giving. And I don't know how you've thought about this before. You know, I don't, I don't know your history in church or in other places if you felt like, you know, somebody's got their, your arm twisted up behind your back and you give because you have to or you, the clear, constant, Witness, testimony, the word that's written over this whole thing in the scriptures is grace. This is, it's this beautiful gift that God gives to us and God gives through us. And, and the push in this little section of the letter is that we would excel in this grace of giving. And, and so what does that look like, right? If, if we're Okay, so we're sort of in agreement. Some of you are processing with me and some of you aren't sure, but it's okay. We, we, have, this, we have this gift, giving, and we have this little charge to be excellent at it. What does it look like if we're gonna be excellent in this grace of giving? And I just wanna highlight for you the, the church that is highlighted for us in the scriptures. It's that ancient churches of Macedonia. Those, those, they were small, these small groups of people who were under constant pressure and constant harassment because of their faith in Jesus. And I don't know if you know, it still goes on today in many places in the world 
when the community is against Jesus. You've, you've converted from whatever your family religion and the community's religion is, and you transfer your allegiance to Jesus, what happens in that is, is your, your family pushes you away and your friend groups don't want anything to do with you anymore and you lose your job if you're employed and if you are a business person, you lose your customer base. I mean, you, you lose everything. And these, these little Macedonian churches, were, they, the churches were born into that kind of environment. And so there are these people that they've kind of lost everything for the sake of Jesus. And, and so we get pointed to these little church who've lost everything, these people who've lost everything for the sake of following Jesus as the portrait of excellence in giving. You wanna know what ex excelling in this grace of giving looks like? We get to look at these little churches. And I got a handful of things here. The first one is, they're responding to God's grace. They're responding to God's grace. You know the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches. He just he starts off talking about that. They're responding to God's grace that that God would that He would speak to them and He would speak over them and that He would call them and then that He would give them this desire to to be engaged in what He's doing in the lives of other people. They're responding to God's grace, and this is true about anything that you and I have, do, are engaged in that has any kind of eternal value. If it has any kind of eternal value, it doesn't come from you or me. It doesn't come from deep within us. It comes from God. It's something that he gives to us and then we get to respond to that. And, and so if we're gonna excel in the grace of giving, the first thing we're gonna do is we're going to understand that we're receiving, first of all, we're receiving grace and everything that we get to do from here is, is a response to that. They were privileged and eager to participate. And this is inspiring to me, that, that they would, in severe trial and deep poverty, hear about this offering that's being taken and raise their hand and say, us, we want in. Who do we make our check out to? Where, like, how do we get involved in this? And I'm, I'm kind of imagining, you know, the, the ancient conversation because the Apostle Paul is, he's taking up a collection. He, are, he knows about the extreme suffering that's happening with this other group of people. So he's taking up this collection, but he's with these Macedonian churches and he knows that they, they don't, like, we're not gonna ask them to give. They've lost their jobs, they've lost their friends, they've lost everything that they have. Like, we probably should be figuring out a way to take a collection for them next. We're not gonna ask these guys to give. And they hear about this offering being taken for the other people. And I just imagine somebody in the room says, um, hey, will you tell us a little bit about what's going on in this other place for these other people? And what about this offering that's being taken? And and so there's probably this conversation that's like, yeah, there's this group of people and there's been this severe famine where they are and, and they're suffering. And so we're talking to churches about getting involved so to relieve the suffering of these people who are over here. And I'm imagining the conversation ended right there like there's no ask. Because you take one group of suffering people and ask them, to, I'm imagining there's no ask and somebody in the room goes, well, so we're gonna give to this, 
and like the place erupts because we're gonna give too. There's this, we're privileged to do this, we are eager to do this, we want in, me, me, pick me, you need somebody to give this offering, we wanna do it. And I'm inspired by that, that they would hear about a need of somebody they don't even know and they would say, hey, let me in, let me in, we'll get what we can. And, and the amount that they gave, we don't get an amount, but they gave what the Apostle Paul wrote about that as exemplary was like they gave more than anybody thought they could. Right? They, they gave beyond even what they thought they could. And <laughs> I'm challenged by this because, you know, if they had a financial planner and they called him and they said, hey, we're, we're gonna help out this group of people that are over here in this part of the world and we're giving this, and their financial planner would have said, you can't give that. If you give that, what, what are you gonna do? You guys are having a hard time paying your mortgage right now. How are you in the world are you gonna get your kids into college and how are you gonna retire? If you're giving away money, like, like how are you gonna, and financial planner would have said no about that and I would imagine that there were probably some family conversations after the church met and heard about this where, where one person said, I think we should, like this is what I think we should give and somebody else would say, really? How are we gonna, the, we have groceries and we have the light bill and we have car payment and so how are we, well I don't know but I think we should give this and I'll bet there was some working it out at home over this because they wanted to be involved and what happens in situations like this is one person can see things a little more clearly spiritually sometimes than other people can and that shifts over who it is or what we're talking about. So it's not like one person's better than the other, it's just we all have strengths, we all have weaknesses, and some of us have this gift from God that says, hey, we get a chance to give. And, and other people are like, okay. So, so there's this, they gave beyond their perceived ability. And I'm betting, I'm betting in some of those conversations as they're talking about these things, I, I don't know, I don't, well actually we do know, the gospel accounts had not been written down yet when this stuff was going on, but they were being talked about. The things that Jesus said, the things that Jesus did, they were being collected during this time, and they were being written, but they hadn't necessarily been written and distributed. Somebody had to say, you know that little guy who, that, that boy who gave his lunch to Jesus? He got to eat too, right? Isn't that an amazing thing? That he gave his lunch to Jesus and he got to eat too. And so there was this, this faith motivation to give more than they thought they could give. And then this last part, this is really important too. If we're gonna excel in giving, churches that excel in giving, they give to the Lord for others, for the Lord. Okay, and so those are, those are really important little segments. So giving to the Lord. Now, you may, be, you may be giving for someone else and it feels like you're giving to something. And you can, like you could, you could give to the church, a nonprofit, family members who are in need, somebody who's standing on the street corner. But if you give to the Lord, you're relieved of a whole bunch of pressure. Because if you're giving to 
someone or something besides the Lord. Now, now we're talking about, okay, I gave you this money and now I'm watching you to make sure you spend it, use it correctly. If I give to the Lord, like I'm giving this to the Lord, your, your name may be on the check, your organization may be on the check, but I'm giving this to the Lord. I gave it to him and, and now he gets to watch over it. And what happens with it is between him and the people who now have those resources, because I gave it to the Lord and the Lord's given it to them. And I'm not talking about being so stick your head in the sand that you're perpetuating fraud or anything like that, but I am talking about the other extreme of that is if you've, if you've ever been on the receiving end maybe of somebody giving you some money and then, man, if you, if you stopped at McDonald's on the way home or if you, like, you, know, you bought a Slurpee instead of just the bare necessities, and they're watching over you and you hear from them and that, or you know that they're going, we get, receipt, we get relieved of that responsibility when we give to the Lord, but the gift is for others. It's, it's not for me, it's not so that, like this little Macedonian churches, these little Macedonian churches, I would imagine there's some people who, when they found out that Paul used them as an example, some of them were probably like, man, I wish you wouldn't have said that. Right? I, wish you wouldn't have, I wish you wouldn't have told anybody about us and what we were doing over here. We wanna keep this to ourselves. It wasn't about them. They aren't looking to be an example. They just happened to become one. We were just given to help this need over here. So we gave to the Lord, and then it's for these other people, and on top of that, it is for the Lord. So we want, we want God to be honored. We want him to be glorified. We want people to be talking about him. We, want, we, don't, we don't want our name on this. We want the Lord's name on this. And so, so churches that excel in giving, like this is a really beautiful little picture for us that it's this response to grace. And so we know like this, is, this isn't of us, it's been given to us and we are, we are so privileged and we wanna be involved in this and, and given beyond ability and to the Lord for others for the Lord. So I think this is a beautiful little picture and again, it leads me back to that so much grace. Right, there's just so much grace in all of this. Grace is undeserved favor. It's undeserved favor. And, and you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He was rich and he became poor so that you through him might become rich. And so there's this undeserved spiritual wealth. There's this undeserved opportunity to participate. Who are we that we would get to be involved in things that God is doing? Like this is the God who fed an entire nation of people for 40 years with bread on the ground and blowing a bunch of birds into their camp when they needed meat. He doesn't need you and he doesn't need me and he doesn't need our money and he gives us this beautiful opportunity to participate and on top of that, he, he gives us this undeserved enablement, a gift of his spirit to excel in these things. And so there's just, there's just this grace, there's so much Grace here. So I wanna tell you about an opportunity that we have that is very specific to put this kind of stuff into practice to, to begin or to take our next steps in being a church that excels in the grace of giving. And the timing of this opportunity with what we're talking about, because this conversation for this weekend and next has been on schedule for a while, but this opportunity just popped up. Timing is such that it makes me suspicious that God's probably in this. 
So, so here we go, and I emailed you about this a couple weeks ago for those of you who get my weekly emails. So we are, we are involved with some things that God's doing in West Africa. It's a place we can't really tell you a whole lot of specifics about where it is, we can't show you very many pictures, and we can't really talk about who the people are, but we have friends there who are there because they love Jesus and they love these people who do not know Jesus. They actually know Jesus' name, but their majority religion has a very different picture of who Jesus is and very different teaching about who Jesus is, so they don't know our Jesus. And we have friends who know our Jesus and who want to see other people come to know him too. And so in this place, they are ministering to refugees who have come and have been forced away from their homes, their lands, their families, and they live in, they call it an international displaced people's camp. Let me show you this picture of the camp. It's outside a dump. So you don't really get to see the dump in this picture, but this is how people live. And these are people made in the image of God. They're image bearers. And like it, the, someone in me just looks at the picture like this, is, this isn't right. The, the men and women, boys and girls, who are made in the image of God, live outside a dump, in the dirt, like this. This isn't even right. And a couple weeks ago, a fire went through the place. So here's what it looks like after the fire. So our friends are there. And many of these people who lost everything in the fire don't know our Jesus. And our friends are there to share Jesus's love and compassion and mercy and rescue for them. And so what you and I have the opportunity to do is to provide for our friends really to fill their hands in a tangible way so that as, as they are ministering the grace, the love, the mercy, the compassion, the rescue of Jesus to these people who don't know him to put in their hands very tangible things that say, hey, listen, this, is, this comes to you from Jesus. This stuff is true. These things that you can't see about him, let us demonstrate to you, this is true. So, so what we're talking about, it's been, I've gotten to be in contact with some of the people who are there, and so what we're talking about is this opportunity to excel in giving. So there were 250 huts that were burned in that fire. This is amazing, $115 covers the materials to rebuild a hut. And $100 covers four sleeping mats and a couple of cooking pots, the bare necessities for the people who will live in that hut. It's 215 bucks, takes care of one of those structures at the International Displaced People's Camp outside the dump there in West Africa. And these resources will be distributed in Jesus' name. And I think this is an amazing opportunity for us as a church to say, like, me, me, can we be part of this thing? Can, like, could, would you, 
God, could we and would you let us in to our friends, would you let us be part of this deal in meeting some of these physical, tangible needs so that you, in Jesus' name, like you get to show them that he really is, he sees them, he hears them, he knows them, he cares about them, and he will come to their rescue. And so you and I get a chance to do that. So, so my ask is that, that like, you would take all this and those pictures, and there are some of us in this church who, like God has given us this unique desire and ability, like some of you that are listening to this here and online, like everything in you is jumping at me, me, me right now, please tell us how we give to this thing. So in moments like this, those of us who are like that, we get to lead the way, kind of set the environment for the church so that the church, those of you who are like, mm, I'm not so sure, it's okay, You're, you set the environment in some other ways and some other things. But what we do is when we're in these moments where we have these opportunities, we let the people who, like God has gifted them in unique and special ways, we let them set the pace in this and then the rest of us are like, yeah, I'm going with you. Like the, way you're, the way you're smiling, the way you're excited about this, I'm going with you. So, so the ask is that you would, I don't even know how to make the ask. We have, we have way more than 250 families, individuals, family units that are part of Christ Community Church. And not all of us can do 215 bucks. Some of us can put zeros at the end of that number. So we've got this whole gamut of people. And really, my ask of you is to, like, to ask the Lord what you're supposed to do in that. And you might already know your process in this. You might already know the answer to that. And you might need a little bit of time to think about that. This is gonna come back up next weekend. So, so, so if you take the week to process that and maybe you have some friends who, like, you know, they have this God-given desire and ability and they wanna excel in these things and like, maybe you need to ask them what they're thinking, what they're feeling, let them influence you a little bit. I don't know how you need to do that for yourself, but we get this opportunity to fill the hands of people who are talking about Jesus' love, his compassion, his mercy, his grace, and like, yeah, this is true for them. So you can give to this through online on our website. If you go to our giving page, there's a fund option on there and you click on that and it gives you a drop down and it says West Africa on there so you can give to it that way. Um, those of you online, there's a give button and you could click that button and give to that. You can mail a check in. Those of you here in the room, you can drop a check in the offering box, let us know, put West Africa on it. And if it's 215 bucks, we're gonna assume that you forgot to fill out the memo line. But we'll get that. And then anything loose that, those of you who are here in person, anything loose that's in the boxes, any cash that's in there, um, that'll all go to this too. You guys know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't know, if you haven't experienced this, if you're online, you'd let your host know. And if you're here in the room, there'll be prayer team members that'll be down here. You need to come talk to them. You, you wanna know this. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, for your sake, he became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. 
and that grace that he has lavished on you, we get the opportunity to lavish that on people in his name. We have this great opportunity to excel in this grace of giving. So would you guys let me pray for us as a church, bow your head and close your eyes. And So Lord Jesus, we stand in grace. If it wasn't for your grace, we couldn't stand at all. So we stand in grace. We thank you that you have, you've just, poured spiritual wealth on us and we live in this country where we don't see or experience anything like what's on these screens and people made in your image and we have this chance to help and we get to help in your name trustworthy people who will minister these things faithfully so um I pray for us as individual people and I pray for us as a church that we would excel in this grace of giving. That this would, this would be one of those moments that, that we all get to look at each other and say, wow, look what God has done here and look what God's doing there and it's an amazing thing that we get to be part of. So lead us please, encourage us, equip us, help us and for our friends who have who have lost everything. We, we pray your spirits work in their lives as we, as we move towards meeting some, some physical needs for them. And this, just, this is one place, Lord. We, there's so many things going on in our world right now and there's so many places people are in need, but this is the one that's in front of us and this is our opportunity, so we wanna respond to it. And Jesus, this is all about you, it's all for you, it's all from you, so we pray these things in your name, amen.